Okay, so the unwritten rules in the workplace. Work sucks, bottom line. We all know this. It's mind-numbing, soul-sucking, and filled with a bunch of douchebags who think they're better than everyone else and are always trying to throw you under the bus for uh, for a promotion or, you know, somehow fight in some kind of a weird, unhealthy competition of, of some sort. Yes, of course, there are some people who claim to at least love their jobs, but even most of those assholes have an occasional complaint or two because the workplace is a battlefield, y'all. It's no joke. There's fights over donuts. There's fights over deadlines. There's fist fights over ideas being stolen and portrayed as one's own when they really were somebody else's, but they wanted to look good in front of the boss, so they just yanked it right from underneath ya. And the list goes on and on and on for potential conflicts. Since work typically does suck for most people, I think that it should not be made worse by the complete lack of any kind of manners or guidelines or rules, if you will, within the workplace to make it more of a community and polite feel rather than just like an all balls to the wall brawl, which it can be at times if there's nothing in place to kind of guide you through the ins and outs of your, your work relationships. I'm going to offer you guys a little bit of advice and a couple tips slash guidelines on how to avoid uncouth or shitty etiquette at work. Be the bigger person. Let the boss be a douche if he wants to. Let your coworker be an even bigger douche. All you guys should worry about is being kind and turning the other cheek just like freaking Jesus, okay? And the underlings which they are if they're acting worse than you are and not like cavemen, will eventually recognize it and bow down to you, bitch. Oh, my. Yay! Let's say someone brought donuts. It's a special day. Aren't they just the sweetest? What's their ulterior motive, really? Now, that is a person who understands the concept of civilness and courtesies, common courtesies, and sugar, duh, You can't get to the box right away because your boss is yapping away about how you didn't send whatever, how you didn't send the report to Kalamazoo and Kazakhstan in a timely matter, and he's pissed. Finally, he docks you half a day's pay, asshole, and manages to leave it be and leave you alone. You rush over to the box and now some ass fuck has eaten the last donut. Talk about insult to injury. First, your boss rips your asshole open with a new one, and then you can't satisfy your Jones in for an artery clogging sugar fix. If there's one donut left, don't take it unless you've asked others first, even if you've seen others eating them and you haven't even had one yet. If you're the dude or the chick who takes the last donut, Word will get around, others will know, and you will get the worst reputation ever, even then the kiss ass in cubicle number five. You don't want that, do you? Unwritten rule number one for the workplace, one should never take the last donut in the box. No exceptions. In case you guys weren't aware, personal space is a good thing almost always, a very good thing. Most people are aware of personal space, i.e. that unspoken zone one should place between oneself and another human being. Some people, however, a surprisingly large number of people, were born lacking this personal space, 
gene or concept, not able to grasp it. Personally, I feel that these people should, these poor, unfortunate, misled souls who don't understand how much discomfort they cause others by getting all right up in their grill, need some serious help from Jesus or his savior of some kind. If you find people surreptitiously, meaning secretly, kind of just very slowly, like you're a lion about ready to rip their heart out, backing away from you or fixing their faces in a frozen kind of RBF unpleasant expression at your appearance when at work, when you approach them at work, then you may be one of those personal space invaders. No, that's not an alien. That's what you are if you don't obey the laws of space, okay? If so, here's a quick little rule of thumb. You should remain at least an arm's length from anyone else, from someone else, unless you're married or dating them or whatever, um, or if they're your family. Unless like intimate intimacy of some kind is involved. If you guys have been working together for five years, 10 years, whatever, and you punch each other on the arm or give each other, whatever, that's fine. I'm talking about just your average typical coworker. Also, gentlemen, while you personally may be cool with a good bro hug, I don't think most men are. Just keep, when in doubt, just please keep your hands and huggy little arms to yourselves. And that goes for everyone. So bringing me to my point, which is unwritten rule in the workplace number two, one should never invade the personal space of others slash their co-workers. Not a good idea. <laughs> Next up, number three rule is around the topic of inappropriate emails are not okay. Inappropriate emails can take all kinds of forms, whether it's a dirty joke in writing or typing, a chain letter going around, making its rounds, cartoons that make fun of religions or politics, cutesy pictures of one's family or family members that cause others to exceed the limits of their email storage and have to spend half a day cleaning it out. Um, you know, slanted humor, requests for sexual favors from very unfortunate looking fellow employees, threats, pretend or otherwise against colleagues, photos of one's genitalia, uh, ew, picture your mother, someone else's mom, God, Jesus, Buddha, Vishnu, whatever the hell, or mean ass nun that you, you used to wrap your hand with a ruler when you were in high school if you're that old. Um, think about sending that person, that person of disciplinarism, uh, forwarding them that email that is going around your work, whatever it may be. If you wouldn't want one of those people or all of the, the above whatever on that list to receive your email, then you just shouldn't send it. One, the unwritten rule number three is that one should never send an email at work that's inappropriate in any way, shape, or form. If your mother couldn't see it, Neither should your coworkers. Luigi, what would your mother say? Oh. Rule number four in the workplace. Decorate with decorum and human decency in mind. Consideration for others. It's normal to want to be unique. Fine. Especially when you work at a previous titled soul-sucking job inside an impersonal tiny little cubicle that feels cold and you spend all day calculating figures and begging for a quick painless death. Nonetheless, one should be careful with one's efforts to personalize one's cubicle or workspace. 
even if you have a corner office, maybe especially if you have a corner office. Pictures featuring nakedness of any kind, including that of one's adorbs children, uh, that's a no. You don't know. Maybe you're working with a bunch of fucking pedophiles. Do you really want to put your little baby baby bay on display and let his wiener hang out for a pedophile to take pictures of on his phone and do God knows what with? Ew. It's disgusting. You never know. Plus, ain't nobody want to see that except for you because you're the baby's parent. Cute animal posters with slogans like, hang in there, or love you like a sister, or you, you go girl. Please don't. When in doubt about the appropriateness of your decor, maybe ask a friend, phone a friend. Make sure it's someone you trust or someone who has any interior design experience or just, I guess, work-life balance. I don't know. Something that gives them a little bit of credibility in the category. Otherwise, someone will give you bad advice because they didn't read the latest trend on whatever. They just get someone who knows what the fuck they're doing. Remember, you're at work, for Jesus Christ's sake, be tasteful, or at least pretend to have some taste. Unwritten rule number four is one should always decorate one's workspace or cubicle appropriately. The end. It's the end of the world. Everyone hates the person, for the most part, that always is asking questions. No matter what event it is or what occasion, they're always asking questions at work. Newsflash people, stop asking questions constantly. Look, I get it. Meetings can be an important way for colleagues to share information, brainstorm ideas, and streamline work processes to make everyone's life that much more easier. They also can be shitastic waste of time, and anything that makes them feel even lengthier or worse is not exactly what I would call welcome. Somehow though, nonetheless, people do not seem to understand this. When the boss finally shuts up and asks, are there any questions? They actually start to ask questions. Don't they understand that they're not supposed to ask anything because everyone else wants to get the fuck out of Dodge? Oh, wait. That's right, they're asking questions because they're brown-nosing ass balls. Just so that they can score a few personal points with the boss, they keep the meeting lasting just a little bit longer. Earth to you, brown-nosing ass ball. Everyone wishes you would choke on your own balls. Unwritten rule number five, one should never ask questions after a long-ass meeting when the boss asks, are there any questions? Uh, Here's a question. Why are you so stupid? Who put this asshole in charge is something you may have asked at one point in your career. Your boss is gone for the day and it's time for the daily office meeting and you are so excited that just this once, you're not going to have to sit through all the boring claptrap hullabaloo bullshit and you might actually, might, you might actually get something done instead. Then what the actual fuck? That suck up, what's his name? What's his name? Bob, Bill, Dick? Must be a dick. He looks like a dick. Comes by your cubicle and lets you know that, hey, the meeting will take place after all with him in charge. You slink off to the meeting, kissing goodbye, your sweet dreams of productivity for the morning. The meeting drags on even longer and more boring than usual. And that dick face suck up puts everyone through the rigmarole, through their paces, and act like he's the boss the entire time. 
everyone there wonders the same thing. Why would our boss put this asshole in charge? Later on, you make a shocking discovery. Dick took it upon himself to take over for your boss. The boss never asked Dick to leave the meeting. Stunned, you and your colleagues ponder the best course of action for revenge. Voodoo doll? Hmm. Forward him a computer virus? Ah, uh, fuck it. Just keep bad-mouthing behind his back, him like you've always done. Unwritten rule number six, one should never pretend to be the boss when the boss is absent, unless the boss actually has put you in charge. I'm a simple man, and I don't get upset too easy. But when I do, I like to take a person's life. Rule number seven is about suck-ups. In case you weren't aware, people hate suck-ups. Let's say that you find out that your boss went to the University of Tennessee, and as they like to say there, they bleed orange or some shit like that. Slowly, but surely, you start to decorate your office or cubicle with orange and white Tennessee volunteers, pennants, and stickers. Congratulations! You're officially a suck-up, and everybody hates you. You specifically. Of course you should treat your boss with respect. That goes without saying. However, there's a fine line between showing respect and puckering up to right up close to their asshole and giving it a little kiss. Stay on the side of the line that does not involve your mouth, knee deep in your boss's asshole, and just be a competent, helpful, normal employee. If you cross the ass kiss line, you're going to be looked at as the scum of the freaking earth. Rule number seven is don't suck up to the boss in order to gain favor. It's a lose-lose situation eventually for you. No matter how tantalizing it may seem, don't do it. Please don't. Communication, people. Communicate. Communication is key in every aspect in life. That's kind of a no-brainer. There's no getting out of it, okay? Um, if you hate your job, did you say you hate your job? Why didn't you say so? Because guess what? They have a support group for that called Everybody, and they meet at the bar every weeknight, or at least the majority of them. Businesses, even those devoted to communication, often have really shitty, pitiful intra-office communication that leads to, that can lead to vicious fights between employees. One department comes up with a new idea, doesn't share it with another one, and then gets its freaking feathers bent as a whole unit when another department comes up with a similar idea and does share it, gets kudos, and maybe even a bonus. Even within your department, communication breakdowns are, are rampant and cause the pe people to hiss and wail at one another and turn against each other. It's like the walking dead. Rumors are always everywhere too. They float around like a ghost, bitching, moaning, and complaining about your job and your coworkers and coming up with colorful stories to uh, kind of fill up your board boredom time, your downtime is not good. The situation is just going to be made worse if people are simmering at their desk in silence, assuming rumors to be true. Rule number eight, your coworkers should always communicate with one another and don't 
make assumptions. Okay. Don't believe everything you hear and don't, don't expect someone else to already know information, pass it along as do unto others as you would do unto yourself. Bottom line. Every office or department or building, office building, always has at least one person who seems to get paid for doing absolutely nothing at all. And what's worse, the boss sometimes even often seems to know this, that the employee is dead weight, yet she or he refuses to go after them with a chainsaw like the movie Texas Chainsaw Massacre as they should. Maybe he has dirt on the boss. Maybe they're the niece of the company's co-founder. Maybe the one thing that they're good at is being a suck-up. Maybe the boss is just a spineless coward who's hiding something themselves and afraid to make any strong moves or make waves in the office. If you are this dead weight in your office, then I've got some advice for you. Grow up. Do your fucking job. Stop making everyone else around you take up the slack on your end because you're failing to hold up your own part of the bargain for your dollars. Everyone else is there for the same reason. They're working too, but they're actually working and getting paid. You're not working and still getting paid. That's cause for them to team up against you, okay? You're a lazy ass. Stop being a worthless drain and waste of space. Rule number 10, one should always work hard, at least decently hard at one's job, and never be okay with being the dead weight in the office. Ooh, don't do that. I'm just going to straight up tell you that Jesus hates people who steal other people's ideas. Let's say Bob, the new guy in accounting, comes up with a way to streamline some kind of a project process with whatever whatever folks do in accounts, accounting. Um, his immediate supervisor, Dan, praises Bob for his ingenuity and creativity. Bob expects a raise or at least a pat on the backs or monetarily of some kind from the big man upstairs, not God, Bob, his boss. Instead, Dan goes to his boss with quote unquote, his new idea about how to streamline the process. Dan heads for promotion highway and Bob Bob remains the new guy in accounting, harboring and building up a strong hatred for Dan that eventually will lead Bob to commit an act of workplace violence. Uh-oh. Ideas belong to those who suggest them and come up with them, not to backstabbing supervisors or coworkers. Let people have their damn credit if they've earned it, okay? Rule number 10, one should never steal another one's idea in any spot in life and try to pass it off as his or her own. Shame on you. Ain't no shame to my game. You've probably been hearing this since grade school, but be a team player, y'all. You probably you hated it hearing it in school, and you probably hate it even more hearing it now or in the workplace, but you know what I'm talking about. You're part of a team, whether you want to be or not, and that team has to prepare a huge, you know, involved report, let's say. Yeah, you seem to be the only member of the team who's even attempting to get shit done. Or worse, you're that coarse, gross, dirty, Neanderthal cave dude who sits by and just eats Cheetos while others do your share of the work because you know that they're too nice to say anything to you and will just do it for you. Well, maybe they are, but I wouldn't be. You're a dickhead 
nasty Neanderthal cave fucker. Your family tree needs to burn to the ground. Your children need to hate you, and they're going to grow up to become drug addicts if they're not already doing lines in the family bathroom. You give white trash a bad name. Unwritten rule number 11, when one is supposed to be a team player, one should always actually be a team player. Easy. Ah. Those dirty backstabbers. Unfortunately, that Julius Caesar dude wasn't the last example of a person whose friends or colleagues stabbed him in the back. At least these days, words overplays knives. At least I hope so for your sake and your safety. If you're a backstabber and partake in the act of backstabbing, then you are lower on the food chain than a slug that's been run over by a train and then regurgitated by a wolf. I don't know where I came up with that, but I'm just trying to be like how naturally disgusting you are. You're the lowest of lows. You smile and act friendly towards a colleague only to write an email afterwards to your boss about his major error or his talk shit about his stale breath or terrible work ethic, whatever. Insert insult here. You want to get ahead. Fine. I understand that. I can appreciate that and respect that. But the way to do that is to rise above others with your performance, not by making them out to be worse or even point out their flaws to your boss. That's not your place. Rule number 12, don't stab your colleagues in the back in order to progress your own career or for any reason for that matter. So appointment times, you guys, are actually not suggestions. Let's say the appointment was for 1 p.m. and it's currently 1.35 p.m. You've received neither a call nor a text nor an email to inform you of a change in your potential client's plans. Now you face a dilemma. Should you leave and reschedule? What if the client decides to take their business somewhere else? Should you call them? If so, how do you avoid coming off as nagging or whiny? And worst of all, what if this waiting game interferes with the appointment you've made for 3 p.m. also? Later in the day, it fucks up your whole schedule. No one should be put in this situation. People who believe fashionably late extends beyond parties or social things or dates to business engagements are uncouth, coarse, ill-mannered, trailer trash, gussied up by Prada or Armani suits or Tom Ford if they're real lucky. Everyone's time in this world is precious, not just yours, bitch. You are not proving how important and exclusive you are by making other people wait on your ass. All you're proving is that you think etiquette is a four-letter word. This rule is all about how one should always keep appointments. Should plans be changed, one should then always communicate those changes to those who are waiting on one. Listen, if you don't like your job, then quit. What's stopping you? You hate your job. Cool, I get it. After all, your work does kind of sound shitty. I'll admit, I wouldn't want to be in your position either. But here's the thing, (laughs) fucker, 
I don't want to hear about how much you hate your job 24 seven. Every time I hang out with you, sure. The guy at work with no manners who treated you like you're less than human. That's not right of him. But nonetheless, if you ever want to make friends that hang out with you more than once or twice, you got to shut up and vent in the break room quietly in a corner versus to everyone you know. Other people who are not douchebags at your work don't need to hear about the bitter comments that your coworker made about so-and-so or the fact that your douchebag boss isn't letting you go to lunch on time or the way that your fellow coworkers suck at their jobs. Yes, that sounds unprofessional and rude of them, okay? But if you hate your job so much, like I said, get another one. And if you can't, then do your best with the one you've got and mom's the word. It's not my fault that you chose to drop out of high school, you lazy bitch. This rule is that one should never make complaints about one's job constantly in front of other people, okay? Yeah, okay, whatever. Rule 15 is boiled down to the simple fact that you need to keep those voicemails short. Beep. Uh, yeah, Bob, this is Dan. You know those reports I left on your desk? Well, you need to make sure you get the Rogers and Pool ones done by Friday. But I need the Taylors and Branch ones completed by Wednesday. Oh, no, wait, wait. It's the Branch and Pool ones I need by Wednesday. You don't need to turn in the Rogers and Taylor reports until Friday. Actually, you know what? The branch one I really need ASAP. So if you can get it done any earlier, make it your top priority then. That would be great. I'll be out of the office for most rest of the week just so you know. Oh, yeah. I meant to put a sticky note on the branch file concerning some tax info. So uh, don't forget to look up tax information in regard to the branch file going back like, I don't know, say five, five years. If you absolutely do need to reach me, then you can reach me at two, three, two, four, 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 five, one, nine, eight, beep. Are you fucking kidding me? Okay, the number... One is not necessary, and it's not even until the very end of the message. It's only said once, so if you didn't catch it the first time, you have to listen to the entire fucking message again in order to get those digits. But hopefully, it's 2019 and you have caller ID, and it's not even useful in the slightest to include your number because they already have it. It's a waste of time and energy and voice, okay? Um, but anyways, Dan, you're a thoughtless fucking prick of a boss for leaving that message on my machine if you were my boss, okay? Don't be so motherfucking lazy. Write down the instructions if you need to. Leave a post-it note, but don't leave a conju- like com- all-inclusive voicemail telling me about shit that's already happened and I've already seen, okay? Wasting my time. Rule number 15, one should keep the length of one's voicemails to a minimum and offer one's callback number Nada, or at the very, be- very short and sweet at the very beginning. I don't know. I would just say don't include it because we have color ID. It's fucking 2019, people. Oh no, you can't be serious. That is some bullshit right there. So, in case you weren't aware, destructive versus actually constructive criticism 
to coworkers is soul sucking and rude as fuck. Okay. Everyone makes mistakes. In addition, people often think they're doing something correctly only to find out later that the boss was expecting something totally diff. That's sort of like an afterward oops mistake. If an employee screws up something, then sure. Yes. He or she should be let made aware of that. Um, but bosses who choose to only focus on destructive, rude criticism are kind of like little Hitlers who should maybe stop being out of accounting and should instead be whisked away to an island where they can play at acting little like little fucking Hitlers all day long in the sun and surf and fun and sun, okay? Focusing only on someone's mistakes leaves no room for actual solutions. It basically verbally beats your employees down, makes them resentful, and causes them to hate their jobs and lives. Yes, most or some employees are awful and should be let go, but adopting a scorched earth, burn it all down to the ground policy for every misstep anyone makes in your company or who you're in charge of is going to alienate your your good workers and your bad. Next time, maybe just acknowledge the mistake, let the employee offer some maybe possible solutions to this mistake, and at the end, give them a compliment, like compliment sandwich style, that um, they made the best, you know they made the best of a bad situation. This rule is that one should always use constructive, not destructive douchebag criticism, okay? Okay. Oh my God, you're such a great worker. Here's more work. Hard workers and those willing to go the extra mile and help out at work often find themselves taken advantage of. Let's say, for example, Sylvia is always the first person to arrive at the office in the morning. So the boss has gotten in the habit of saving shit work for her to complete before everyone else starts straggling in. Bob, who's always willing to help out, starts being overloaded with extra assignments. And of course, Bob is too nice to say no, as he most likely should. People shouldn't be punished for having extra strong work ethics and um, just a positive communal type skill set attitude. The employer's These employees should be rewarded by their employers for their efforts, not given more work to and bitch work at that. If money isn't available in the coffers for bonuses, then give them an extra day off or at least let them, I don't know, leave earlier than everyone else now and again. Better yet, start giving that shitty bitch work to employees who routinely come in late, who have shittastic rotten attitudes or who make your life more difficult. Give those extra assignments to employees you would like to see quit, not that you want to clone. This rule is that if your employee is a good employee and wants to go the extra mile, don't reward them with extra shitty bitch work that should be given to the people who are not good employees. Vice versa. You know what I mean? You don't want to get stuck in the sh- Rule number 18. Don't leave me guessing. It's your day off. Yay! In fact, you're actually going to get a couple of days off before you have to put your nose back to the grindstone or up your boss's asshole, basically. Your phone rings. You look at the display. Shit. 
it's work. You decide not to answer, expecting that your boss will do the normal thing and leave a message. After some time, it becomes clear that this thoughtless bastard isn't going to leave a message. Your blood pressure starts to tick up. Should you call him back? Are you going to lose your job if you don't? Hell, is that why he's calling? You know you screwed up with, you know, on the McLaughlin report, but overall your record's pretty good. You've done some good things. Right about the time you start to relax again, martini number four, he calls back. Once again, he doesn't leave a message. If you call, you're sure he's going to force you to come into work on one of the days that you're off. At least you think that's what it is. Oh my God, what does he want? You start to feel like a character in a fucking lunatic bin, obsessed to the point where you're about to literally go apeshit. Rule here is your boss, if you are a boss or not, regardless, leave a message when calling an employee or coworker on his or her day off, or they're just going to overanalyze and go cuckoo for cocos. Whistle while you work? Not. Don't do it. Walt Disney, the dude, should be thought out of his fucking cryogenic holding tank and kicked in the ass for helping perpetuate the cheery concept that it's totally cool to whistle while one works. Um, this is true only if you're a princess surrounded by seven midgets, dwarves, whatever. Disney called them dwarves, dwarfs, whatever. I, I don't, who cares? You get the point. But guess what? It's not accurate for your coworkers to describe them. Your colleagues will or will want to find a large bludgeoning device, paperweight, I don't know, and beat you over the head with it if they have to hear one more goddamn time your off-key whistling rendition of I'm a single ladies, I'm a single ladies, or even worse, during Christmas, the, some kind of a Christmas carol, okay? Perhaps whistling or singing keeps you personally from going insane, you, but it does not have the same effect on your co-workers. Save your imaginary talents for your shower or car on the car ride home. The rule of number 19 is that one should never sing or whistle at work, despite Disney's suggestion to do the contrary. Yo, Timbaland, stop the beat, man. Okay, Monday mornings are bad enough because that's when you have to pay for all the bad shit you did this weekend, the past weekend, and deal with your hangover blues, okay? I'm not sure what's worse. Is it the people that we talked about in the rule previously who sing and whistle off-key during work hours? Or is it the people who drum a constant tattooed beat on their desk? Sometimes they even use pens. Sometimes they use their fingers. Not sure which one's worse. But always, they bug the living shit out of everyone around them. Maybe it's a nervous habit and they're not even aware that they are ignoring the bejesus out of you while you're on the phone trying to get a prospective client to sign with you. I'll just try to ignore that constant tap, 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 tap. Uh, who are you kidding? Stop doing that shit before I take this pin and shove it into your eye socket. Rule number 21, one should never make annoying, happy noises constantly during work hours. Thank you. If you borrow 
return. First, it's your stapler. Then, it's your box of paper clips. Next, it's your scissors. It's like everything in the office is sucking into a black hole time warp of office supplies. You do a little investigating on your lunch break and, oh, gotcha. Turns out the black hole is Barb in accounting who likes to borrow people's stuff but forgets to return it. Well, Barb from accounting, I've got news for you. Borrowing without returning is also called stealing. You're not public enemy number one yet, but you are an office enemy number one of mine. Okay, well, maybe number three after the boss and that copy machine hogging douchebag who barks loudly at his own unfunny jokes. If someone isn't around, then it's okay to borrow his or her stapler or scissors for a moment. Keyword, moment. (laughs) As long as you return them after. After the objects have suited your needs, they're still going to be needed by their original owners who purchased them. This rule is that one should always return ASAP any object borrowed from a coworker.